Oh wait, no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, and it is here on this very podcast where each and every Thursday I sit down with my best friend, Kyle. We talk about the latest, the greatest, in all things PlayStation. And hey, if you like the show, please, 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 it would mean a lot to us if you rate this show five stars on iTunes. And if you really like it, toss a dollar our way at patreon.com slash Bad bit, but with all that said and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic. Can, uh, before it. we get into the show, can I, yeah. like, oh, I mean, we're not sponsored, but, like, this Mountain Dew Zero Sugar <laughs> really is absolutely delicious. It doesn't have that aftertaste of diet soda, yeah. usually. Yeah. Zero calories. I'm all for uh-huh. it. You get uh, hyped up Kyle on Mountain Dew without the sugar crash that's going to happen later. <laughs> Like, it's the perfect drink for the turf room. So, hey, Mountain Dew, hit us up, man. Just hit us up. Do the do, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And this is sponsored by Four Hymns (laughs) and Raid Shadow Legends. (laughs) Ever played that mobile game, Raid Shadow Legends? Oh, man. No one has. No one has. (laughs) But YouTube would like to tell you different. Kyle, how are you doing? Other than you doing the do this episode. I'm doing Uh, okay. It's been a a long work week already. Yeah. Seriously, it has been. And I don't like to brag, but I only worked one day this week. <laughs> yeah, I taught the yeah. past two days. Yesterday was weird. I was just, they had a substitute teacher sit on, in on meetings. So that's hmm. what I dad, did. Dad. That's what I did is just sit on meetings with parents coming in. And like, it was very weird. Are they like asking you about their kid? And you're like, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm subbing. I think it, part of, not to get like too technical with it, but part of the New York State law is like they need mm-hmm. to have a general education teacher in the meetings. Gotcha. And so instead of pulling another teacher from the classroom, they just used me. Even though I didn't know the kids, I just kind of yeah. sat there. I didn't say a word all day yesterday. It was very weird. Very weird. Very That's, weird. But easy money though. Oh, so I mean, yeah, that. I guess so. Jokes on you, New York State. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've been, I've been just chillaxing. It's been a nice week. It's been like yesterday was a few ups and downs, but other than that, I feel like the the PAX hype is getting to me. Oh, yeah. I'm getting excited. We're already starting to make appointments with people. I'll talk to you about that after the show. Um, but seriously, this episode, we're talking about Doom, Final Fantasy VII, Last of Us Part Two, all being at PAX. Yeah. Shady Sony AI. Jeff Keighley giving a big F you to e3 but before we talk about all that kyle the segment we like to start the show with what you've been playing what have you been playing sir yeah uh so uh i think i talked about it two weeks ago um it was part of the drop uh pillars of eternity 2 dead fire uh you actually picked that game and i was upset you did but here we are and i'm actually playing it um i it finally arrived it took me a while to get into it just because this is my first tabletop RPG video game. I've, I've been recently into Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of style of role-playing game. Um, and this, from what I've played so far, is very much that. So, like, I was getting frustrated over the first battle just because I wanted to switch to my bow because I was mm-hmm. at, a, at a distance. Are there, like, different, like, classes as well? Yeah, there's cla- it's very in-depth. There's classes. You pick a backstory. The backstories and the races give you advantages and disadvantages, mm. just like regular D&D. Isometric, so it's top-down because you talk about, like, yep. 
board. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, but something I didn't realize in, I'm guessing this is true for all tabletop uh, video games, but like once you switch your weapons, that is your action. So I was like, why can't I attack this person? And it took me way too long to admit that that was my action. Yeah, but it's super cool. I love the voice acting. The game is incredible. I love just running into the townspeople and getting quests. It feels like I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, which is awesome. This is made by Obsidian, right? Uh, Yes. Yes, it is Obsidian. Oh, wow. Okay. It's awesome. So they were were working on... um, this game and the Outer Worlds, I guess. This is a port. This is a PC game. Ah, okay. Um, All right. That came out a couple years ago, and they're just kind of porting it over for console. Uh, Would you recommend it though, like at like a full sixty dollar price tag so far? Uh, from what the little bit I'm into it, if that is your type of game, absolutely. I think okay. if you're a newcomer to that genre, you really might have to like myself. Um, Without my There's little like, background of D&D, I think you really need to research it and see if that's your type of game. Because it's mm-hmm. very text-heavy, it's lore-heavy, battle system and all that stuff gets a little getting used to. So I would yeah. definitely research that before you hop in. Okay. So it seems like if you're into D&D, if you're yeah. a big RPG guy yep. or gal, whatever, you, you're going to like it. That's awesome for me. Yeah. That's that's. I've always been interested in that game. I've never pulled the trigger. Still might wait for a sale on it. But sure. you know what I did pull the trigger on for finally? Oh, boy. Both What'd literal you? and mer- metaphorically. What'd you do? Apex Legends oh, we Season back. 4. I'm back, baby. <laughs> I skipped all of Season 3. I wasn't a fan of the map. Um, I got to play with a ton of people. Haley Zorel, she'll be on the show in a few weeks. Played with Ray Martinez, patron and, and friend of the show. Uh, and then I also, just before we got on, uh, I was playing with the uh, Jump uh, Jumpmaster crew. I was playing with Alex Van Aken and, uh, and, yeah, and Papa Drew Bear. So we got a win there. Felt good about it. But also because they play all the time because they have the number one you know, Apex Legends podcast, they got to be up to date. Yeah. I'm also fighting people way above my pay grade, <laughs> and it shows. They are they are such on another level. Uh, the OK Beast crew, amazing. With that said, though, I tried out the new legend. His name is Revenant, really creepy robot assassin. I He won me over with the trailer. I wanted to give him a try, and he has one of the coolest abilities I have seen in a hero shooter so far, which his ultimate is he creates a death totem and everybody gathers around it or just one depends and you press a square and then bam, all of a sudden you have technically an extra life. So you could bum rush the enemy. You could completely die by them. You'll be weaker by the way, but you'll completely die by them. And then you go back to the totem. So his job essentially is the ultimate poke and it's the ultimate form of assault but here's the thing when you return to the totem you only have one hp but you still have your shields whatever amount you had so you could still get a couple of hits taken on you but you do need to refill your health and and whatnot the other trick to that is if there is an enemy around you you don't know and everybody takes the totem if someone breaks the totem you all die oh so it is of he's a very high risk, high reward, and also uber assault class. Mm-hmm. He is all about the assault. He's all about rushing in and just taking the enemy on head on. Yeah. And that's the type of gameplay I like in Apex or just in general. And he just spoke to me gameplay wise. Also, they added a sniper rifle in the game called the Sentinel. Holy 
crap. It feels so good. It makes you feel like a sniper. It feels like a battle rifle and a sniper made love. And it is, it just feels so freaking great. And it also uses to charge up your shots. If you want a really powerful shot, it'll actually use shields that you pick up and you can actually power the sniper to cool. make it even more effective. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Totally changes the game. I'm totally back into it. I'm playing it on right now my main my main slice, which is my PlayStation 4. So if anybody wants to play with us, hop in the Casa Day Bad Bit Discord server and let's make a play date out of this, man. I'm yeah. really well. Also, while we're at it, go for it. Yeah, um, tell me. Because I just took a, a quick uh, run through of the doc because I wasn't sure if it was in there. Um, but like with the Division Two being three bucks or whatever it was on PSN. Like I'm okay. totally down with for I I bought it like it was no brainer for that for that amount yeah. of money, um, yeah. so if we want to you know run through a division together with some Ooh. community members I'm totally down as well. Let's we gotta figure something out. But uh, we gotta totally pick a day for that. Yeah, yeah. With that, before we square up the news, I just want to give a huge big thank you to our patrons over at Patreon dot com and uh slash bad bit and our silver plus tier members daniel welsh ray martinez and jb the purple monkey himself thank you so much for supporting us and because we're at the level we're at right now we're able to go to pax east and cover all these huge games all because of you guys and gals out there so thank you all from the bottom of our hearts it means the world so if we ever got you through a commute a rough day at work a rough day just in general Please, please, please. It would mean a lot to us. Just toss a dollar or two uh, our way. It, it would mean a lot. It really helps the show go and function and make us do really awesome stuff. Yeah. And you guys and gals get to hear all about it. Where so can with they that, go to Kyle, do that, Joe? God. Well, patreon.com slash bad. Oh, That's where you get to do it. And at the $3 and up tier, you get, you know, the road to greatness. Where right Ooh. now we covered Uncharted, The Lost Legacy. And then we're going to be covering uh, Darksiders Genesis. And we're also going to be covering Dreams. What is it? Dreams. Yeah. So there you go. Power your dreams. With that, Kyle, let's square up the news, sir. This comes from Brendan Sinclair uh, from GamesIndustry.biz. Sony paid $229 million for Insomniac. Sony has revealed the price it paid to make longtime collaborator Insomniac, Insomniac Games part of the PlayStation family. According to a filing made today with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the acquisition of the studio cost Sony $229 million, paid out mainly in cash. Prior to the sale, Insomniac Games had worked closely with Sony for decades. Founded in 1994, it only released games on Sony platforms for the first 18 years of its existence, creating franchises like Spyro the Dragon, Ratchet and & Clank, and Resistance. It branched out in 2012 with the Facebook game Outer Knots, and has since explored development for mobile, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PC, Oculus Rift, and Magic Leap 1. What is a Magic I... Leap 1? That's my first question for you, Kyle. <laughs> i've ever is that like a kid's like toy like you remember like leapfrog oh, maybe it's it like looks that? like it's an augmented reality goggles oh okay there's wow some, insomniac some Doing funky some looking stuff. people wearing them uh, not the people yeah. the people are looking funky wearing the goggles not, there you go there you go <laughs> so kyle i got a question for you yeah is, was this a good gap for sony oh 229 million dollars absolutely I, yeah. I, I think Insomniac is super talent, talented, and uh, yeah, that seems like a staggering amount to us plebeians and, and yeah. s- small people, um, but like they put out quality games. I, all yeah. those games that were listed, I know some people, 
hint, hint, Sean Capri don't like the resistance games, but I think they're right. super polished first person shooters and they are, they were great for the PlayStation family when they were out. Um, okay. and you know, Ratchet is oh, like legendary. He's a mascot. He's, yeah, yeah, he's same thing with Spyro. Yeah. The, the fever yeah. over the Spyro reignited trilogy, uh, that came yeah. out last year was huge. Yep. So like they yeah. are single-handedly, you know, making iconic video games, including Spider-Man, um, and, and whatever. And I comes think next. that's the the one big thing here too is actually how cheap they got them for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I was I was listening to Imran Khan talk, and Microsoft bought out, and this is like during the mid two thousands. They bought Rare for three hundred and fifty million dollars, like plus. Like that's a lot of change for a iconic studio. Yeah. That like, if we could be real here for a second. Didn't really pan out for them that well. It took them a while to really use Rare yeah. to their fullest ability. At least not yet. Until, yeah. Until, you know, Sea of Thieves and even a little bit afterwards, they were just, hey, connect games. You know, and so seeing Sony pay, you know, again, a fraction of that price, $229 million, seems like a lot. I mean, like a tenth of that could pay my student loan debt. But it also goes to show that, the the partnership and the position Insomniac was in and the partnership that they have with Sony, with them trusting Sony with their company, mm-hmm. you know, because I think when we take a look at like what they were working on, I mean, unfortunately, we love it. But like Sunset Overdrive wasn't a huge hit. You have to think what those Oculus uh, Rift games actually did numbers wise like yeah they made a couple of games that kind of try to keep them afloat i mean fuse yeah remember fuse Mm -hmm. uh they've had a bad luck of it as of late and seeing spider-man and seeing ratchet and clank being kind of the things that kept them afloat it, it only made sense for them to choose sony over anyone else so for me i'm taking a look at these numbers and i'm i'm not I'm not surprised by the the amount, but it also kind of goes to show Sony's willing to shell out some change, yeah. some serious change for uh, for their studios. And apparently, from what all the rumors are saying, is that they got at least two or three more that they got announced. So, Kyle, I got a question for you. Two or more mm-hmm. what acquisitions? Acquisitions, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Again, that's just rumors and speculation. Yeah, yeah. But what would you like those studios? to be i know like one that we share is housemark for sure yeah yeah and do you do you think that sony's plan is not to just like buy out larger studios but maybe even go for smaller studios and infuse them with cash like what would you like to see happen i i think it would be smart to do a little mix of both right i think go after the big ones so like what are my uh, like dream acquisitions now after my game of the year last year is remedy with control, mm. I think that would be like a no-brainer. Uh, you know, cue the jokes of how it ran on a PS4. But like, right. I think that game is so unique, and Remedy is such a a solid studio uh, from top to bottom. Like, I think that would be a great get for PlayStation. And then, yeah. like you said, Housemark, that's a great great get there too. Um, well, Blue like, Point. let's buy out Bluepoint. Yeah. Like, that's oh, that'd God, be great that too. Would be nice. So, like, how much do you think though? Like. Do we really think like Remedy is in the marketplace to get bought? Because they just bought the rights of Alan of Wake. Uh, Alan Wake. Yeah. So do you think that they're they're actually in more of the multi platform route? Most like, likely. How much money do you think that a, a company like Remedy would be? Let's just pretend we're big businessmen sure. for a second. So if I'm looking at 
Sony buying Insomniac for $229 million. Mm-hmm. I could see them buying Remedy for, I mean, pretty close to that. Probably $200 yeah. million at least. I would say actually a little lower. Yeah. Again, we're just too, like I, just speculation to speculate here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I, I'm thinking, they would be higher if they had Max Payne. Max Payne, mm-hmm. but they sold that shit off. That's true. But they do have Alan Wake. They do have control. I would love to see them take a remedy and let them be weird yeah. and let them do their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Do they I would own love to see the Quantum Point. Break thing, or is that a Microsoft thing? That is Microsoft's okay. thing. Yeah, that is theirs. Um, but yeah, I would like. I I think all signs are pointing to Blue Point being purchased by Sony For as sure. well. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the way that they're talking about it, it's like, oh yeah, we love partnering yeah. with PlayStation. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like here in House Marco, we have this in- mysterious you know investor. It's like we know who who's <laughs> yeah. infusing you with cash uh-huh. here, buddy. You're not fooling us. <laughs> and I think both of those companies could not Blue Point, but like both of those companies could use that revenue. More than ever, because Control didn't sell as well as they hoped, mm-hmm. and Housemark was not to say in the red, but you know they were working on Storm Divers as like the hail mary for that studio. So I do think Sony has come in at least to one of those companies, knocked on the door, and offered them a blank check. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. And do you think at the end of the at the end of the day, with like Microsoft purchasing like Ninja Theory and stuff like that, that those studios offered the level of hype that a Ninja Theory or an Obsidian have? Because I yeah. te- I don't think so. You don't think so? I I, no. I would I would say I would say on on Xbox's side, those acquisitions are probably a little bit greater, but I don't think yeah. the gap is so huge, right? I think mm-hmm. just from history alone. Uh, with Remedy, like the their long uh, timeline of making great games, like I think it's, yeah. I think that I no think brainer. Remedy would be a get. Yeah. I think Remedy would be like, oh shit. I think Blue Point as well would be like. I think Sony's acquisitions, when you look at them, they're not surprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like it's still theorizing, but like Insomniac isn't like a whoa. We were like we were surprised, not that it. It happened, but that it took them that long. Sure, right. Also, kind of like been a Sony. I, deal. I thought they were making multi-platform games and stuff because they didn't want to be tied down. So the exactly. fact that they came back and, and accepted that deal, I think, is goes to show you just how great that partnership is between Sony and Insomniac, and yeah. that they were willing to kind of tie themselves down. And I think when it comes to like a, a company like Housemark, you see. I think what Sony wants more than like, oh, we want this big studios. I think they're looking at studios that they've already had a very strong relationship with and strong partnership with. And yeah. I think, I I think the two you've mentioned, Blue Point and Housemark, totally make sense yeah. for Sony to to get to get on. But with that, again, all the speculation in the world. Let's get into the real meat oh, of the man. show right here. Oh, man. Let's do it. Get goosebumps already. Uh, Brianna Reeve over at PlayStation Lifestyle brings us Last of Us news. The Last mm-hmm. of Us uh, Part 2 Ellie Edition is being restocked. Hands-on demo coming to PAX East. Naughty Dog's first step toward launch is the announcement of the Ellie Editions being restocked. Furthermore, the studio will take a hands-on demo to PAX East 2020, which kicks off on February 27th. Hey, we'll be there. Look at us. 
Look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, not, not me. <laughs> not too long after the Ellie edition's first wave of pre-orders, the special edition stock dried up. Following months of emails, tweets, and so on, Naughty Dog and Sony worked to ensure a restock could arrive before launch. Thankfully, that time is now, as pre-orders for the Ellie edition will go live once more starting today february 13th at 6 a.m pst uh pre-orders will only be available in the u.s at amazon best buy gamestop target and walmart.com for 229 dollars in canada this edition will serve as an eb games exclusive priced at 299.99 cents canadian funny money dude that's uh, it sucks to be canadian right god it's... that's awful oh boy in addition shout out to marcus o'neill and nathan <laughs> sorry guys uh in addition to announcing that restocks are incoming for the last was part two Ellie edition pre-orders naughty dog unveiled a whole host of other collectible items fans can soon get their hands on once again the studio is teaming with dark horse on a couple of Ellie statues each of which will release in the coming months art dealer cook and becker has new concept art prints in stock that are available to purchase now finally naughty dog unleashed new part two key art as well as another free ps4 dynamic theme tons of stuff for Last of Us, so let's break it down piece by piece. First off, the restock on the limited editions. Yeah. The Ellie editions, mm-hmm. rather. Uh, goes to the show, the demand for this game is freaking high. Yeah. I, I got a question for you. Yeah. With all, with all the, the restocks and everything, how much do you think the sales are going to be in the oh. first week? Oh, astronomically high. I, I, I think this is huge. Yeah. And, I, and I think that this is one of the reasons as to why we're not getting PlayStation 5 news for a while. Sure. You don't want to overshadow it. You don't want to overshadow either of them. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't want people to go, well, why should I buy a Last of Us if I just wait for mm-hmm. PS5 mm-hmm. and vice versa, right? So, like, to me, I'm I'm thinking this this thing is going to sell gangbusters. I think, didn't the original Last of Us, I think they sold somewhere around 20 million units, if That's, I'm not mistaken. That sounds all right. I'll do a up. quick check just to make sure, yeah. but... Like you, even you said, like you were an Xbox gamer for, for forever, yeah. pretty much. Don't remind me. Yeah. And, and I'm like, kidding, I'm kidding, yeah. And like, Last of Us is one of the reasons you you hopped over and yeah. seeing what Last of Us Part Two looks like and not having our hands on it yet. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be even a greater uh, influx of gamers hopping on PlayStation to play this. I think it kind of it goes to show the power of this exclusive over any other. Uh, on most platforms other than Nintendo, because everybody talks about mm-hmm. The Last of Us, right? And like, yeah, you got the people that think it's overrated, and that's fine. That's your opinion. But like, when you when you hear the masses talk about this game, this is one of the first true heavy hitters for PlayStation that started mm-hmm. to turn the tide of what Sony's publishing could do. And just looking at the fever for this game. This is going to be massive. Yeah. This is going to be absolutely massive, and I'm so uh, excited. Really quick, uh, by yeah. August of 2014, The Last of Us Part 1 released in 2013, the game had sold 8 million copies, 7 million on PS3, and 1 million on PS4. By April of 2018, the game sold 17 million copies across both consoles. Yeah, that's nuts. Also goes to show, I remember back in the day, over like 70% of people on a PlayStation 4 never played a played last of us so it goes to show that that it was also bundled with playstations it sold like hotcakes yes so yeah it sold around near the 20 million mark and with the hype that's coming with the pax east coverage i can't wait which the statue as well yeah i'm very tempted well i mean i'm already getting the collector's one so like i I don't know if i can have both 
that's what I'm thinking too. And that's what, that's what's, listen, Luke Laura, I get it. I, I'm bad with my money. But that is the thing that uh, I'm, I'm just like, I'm already getting a statue. I don't yeah. need this. I don't the, need this. The cool thing the about dynamic this... theme though. Oh. Have you, have you got the dynamic theme? I redeemed it. I haven't installed it on my PS4. Though. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's dope. Um, yeah. The one cool thing about this news that I wanted to highlight is in that PS it. blog post, uh, Neil was writing that back in 2013, when the game was released, they first showed it off to the public in Boston at PAX That's East. Awesome. And now that yeah. they they wanted to make sure for part two, they did the same thing at Boston do you first think, public hands-on. Do you think that this was kind of the plan? Like, do you do we really think that this game was going, going to release in February? Oh, yeah. Like, because, like, the yeah. way I'm thinking here is... To me, how do you get the marketing team ready for something that happens in February uh-huh. in October or November? Yeah. Like, how yeah. does that idea happen? How does that, like, part of me likes to think that they were ready for February, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but how I know marketing works, you need at least six months to get ready for a big event like this, especially if the, the game is The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. So, like, you have to assume that they had demos ready. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if this was ever a February release. Well, it was originally, what, February 18th? Something like that, yeah. Around there. So, like, realistically, it could have been next week. We could have been uh, have, have gotten Last of Us on our hands. I still yeah. think demos would, would have been at PAX. I don't think it would have still not have been there. I think okay. having gamers there... If they were on the fence about it or never played it, you know, go check it out while you're at PAX East. Right. It's kind of like Borderlands 3 right now. We'll have a pe- presence. All right, that makes actually a lot yeah. of sense. You know what, guys? I'm full of shit. <laughs> Kyle's the smartest man in the room. What can I say? Joshua Miller writes in. He asks this question. The Last of Us 2 free dynamic theme dropped yesterday. If you could make a dynamic theme for any PlayStation game, what would it be and what would it look like? Kyle, you want me to buy you some time Yes, here? please. You already know what it is. It's Bloodborne. <laughs> it's been 1,887 days since the original launch of Bloodborne. Is that true? And Did I we go love... over 100 days in a week? Oh, oh, sorry. Listen, dyslexia. 1,787 days since the original launch of Bloodborne. And let me tell you something here, gang. Okay, what I would love out of this dynamic theme, all joking aside, is we all know the twist of Bloodborne. And if you haven't known the twist from now, uh, I don't know what to tell you. But I would love it where it's the original, just, you know, the hunter looking over Yarnum. And then when you flip up where you see your friends list and everything. And I mean, like in in, in the main theme, it's just, you know, hunter looking at the town mm-hmm. and you see beasts everywhere. And then when you look upwards it's when you have insight in the game and you just see the big giant Cthulhu monsters, tentacles everywhere. That'd that cool. would be fucking dope. That's cool. I like that to- idea. And, and tell me that's not cool. No. I dare you. It's definitely cool. Um, yeah, it's definitely man, it's, it's hard It's hard to think about it because I go to like God of War and it mm. would be cool to have just like the axe flying through the screen or... Like as you're like as you're shifting tiles, it, like the like whatever you click on, the axe goes and like cuts into it as like a select thing. <laughs> and then like when you sw- like when you go like when you swoosh it all the way forward, it like hits a tree. And then when you swoosh it all the way back, it it has the connect sound, like it goes back yes. to his hand. 
That'd be, That'd be fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And, like, we, we oh. have, I'm sure there'll be a Final Fantasy VII one, so I don't want to say that. No, I think that's good enough. Yeah. I think that's I, dope as all. I also thought of, like, a game I don't think a lot of people remember or talk about. Tell remember me. Fat Princess? Yes. Just, like, her just eating cake. <laughs> just in the okay. background. I think it would be funny. I like it. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, what's the next little mini pack oh, story we oh got? Oh, man, the hype is flowing through me. Final Fantasy VII Remake. It could be the Mountain Dew, though. Final Fantasy VII Remake demo <laughs> will be playable at PAX East. This comes from JJ Broson at Games Rant. The information comes from the official Final Fantasy VII Remake Twitter account, and according to it, fans will be able to find the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo at the Square Enix booth numbered 12011 at PAX East 2020. The event starts on February 27th and will run through March 1st. The demo will be the same one that appeared in Los Angeles, Cologne, Seattle, and Tokyo. This means attendees will be able to play through Final Fantasy VII Remake's first mission, which sees players taking control of Cloud and Barrett and partnering with other Avalanche members to bring down one of the Shinra Corporation's many Mako reactors. <sighs> okay. I never played a Final Fantasy VII in my life. Ooh. This will be the first time I'm ever doing it. Famous Seamus writes in. He's the most famous Seamus I've ever met in my whole entire life. And he asks this question. <clears throat> Last, of, uh, Last of Us Part 2 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake are both coming for packs, but due to a weird twist of fate, aka you've both forgotten to play them, you both can only play one of these games. Which one do you choose? Now, I'm going to take a step further, okay? Because I like to give Kyle rough situations. Shuhei walks up to you. Don't. He, has a, he gives you a gun with one bullet. By the way. By the way, you still need to pay for the therapy over the Vita decision uh, well, last year. Okay. <laughs> I've been sending you my bills and and nothing. Yeah, I. It, it's Do you Andrew leave House's them at Andrew House. House's house? Is yeah, that you yeah. The, okay. Exactly. So, okay, he has one gun at the Last of Us booth, and then one one at pointing at at, at whatever. I hate you. One has to go. What do you pick? Why do you pick it? Go forever. It's just gone. Go, you're never going to play them until they, they, they come out. Oh, I thought you were like erasing one from history completely. No, 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 okay. no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. Um, I would probably, and this is going to sound harsh because mm -hmm. uh, you just heard just us be so excited for it. I'd probably kill off Last of Us at, at PAX. How dare you? The reason, Why? the reason being is I want to go into that game fresh from the beginning. I think we are going to play it at PAX, but when yeah. we get it at home, playing through that same thing again over again that's kind of a thing that still trips me up kind of like in days gone last year when but we Kyle, the demo. you're gonna be playing all of final fantasy 7 all over again you already experienced final fantasy 7 i i totally get that but not in this fashion and when it comes to okay. like a story perspective like to experience that last of Us story fresh like when it comes out i think would be yeah more beneficial for that than for me to redo it again because i already know those beats i guess oh no for me it's simple you have you ever seen uh gangs in new york not gangs in new york what's the one with um denzel washington training Remember day when no not training day the other one where he's a gangster it's oh, american gangster there you go right yeah, yeah, yeah there you go yeah no like without a doubt i would american gangster final fantasy 7 without even blinking an eye i'd be like all right thanos snap but see Give me the that's last an easier easier answer for you because you have no history yeah. with final fantasy none none it'd be like get the cute you know get cutie over there cloud over here and then bam done are you are care, you legitimately away. excited 
to see what the hype is about. Here's the thing. I'm really excited for Final Fantasy VII. Every time I tell people that, you're like, you're just excited because it's a PlayStation game. I'm like, no. I'm excited. I, I get excited over people's excitement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I see people excited over Final Fantasy VII and everybody talks about how this game's changed them, I don't think it's going to happen for me. I don't think I'm going to come out a changed man. But what I do think is I'm going to experience why people like that game the way that they do in a way that I like. Because I can't go back to an old-ass game. Old games are old. Mm-hmm. And I can't go back to a PS1 game or a N64 game or whatever and have that same attachment to it just can't Mm -hmm. so for me to have modern controls modern visuals that that gets me so in to this game unlike any final fantasy game i've ever experienced yeah that makes any sense sorry you know um god with that kyle before we get to the next thing on news because it's not in here i told you about before we started recording right um also at pax east in case you're going um, next door in uh, the bar connected to the hotel next to the convention center, uh, Bethesda's going to have their Bethesda game days. And in there, you can check out the Fallout 76 Wastelander um, mm-hmm. mode, whatever you call that. But they'll also have Doom Eternal there to play. Uh, you'll be able to play th- through the first 20 minutes. Can't wait. Um, Can't wait. It sounds awesome. The fact that we're, yeah. we might have a, a opportunity to play three of our most hyped games of the year in less than two weeks is nuts. And I know we're beating this Patreon horse to death here, but like all you have to do is be a patron at $1 tier and we will have five, right? Is it four or five pack shows for you all exclusively on Patreon and then a day early for everyone else when we do our one big packs episode extravaganza. Yeah. So check that out. And with that, again, thank you all so much because yep. of you. We're Without there. you, it's not possible. Kyle, let's talk about what's not going to be possible at E3. <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> Colin Campbell over at Polygon writes, E3 exhibitor list leaks as Jeff Keighley declines to participate in show. Jeff Keighley, the host of E3 Coliseum, a series of panel interviews and presentations that's been running since 2017, says he's dropping out. Keeley has been attending and covering E3 for the past 25 years. He is also the organizer and presenter of the Game Awards, which take place every December. He issued a statement today. For the past 25 years, I have attended every Electronic Entertainment Expo. Covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has been a highlight of my year, not to mention a defining part of my career. I've debated what to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to be open and honest with you the fans about what precisely what to expect expect from me i've made the difficult decision to decline to produce e3 coliseum for the first time in 25 years i will not be participating in e3 end quote keely told polygon in an email he quote wanted to let people know what to expect or not before the esa starts selling tickets in a twitter thread keely said was asked if he would be covering the show in any way he said he is still figuring out plans with youtube for this year He added, I just don't really feel comfortable participating given what I know about the show as of today. Wow. And I think what he's uncomfortable about is how the show has changed so much. Yeah. It, how it is. It's, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't know if it wants to be a fan event. It doesn't want it. It doesn't know if it wants to be a industry event. And I think, what Keeley's trying to say is here is listen, if people are coming to to the this event for the Coliseum or for me, don't yeah, I'm not gonna be there. Mm-hmm. How do you take this news 
as a fan because the Coliseum was the way for the past few years we got to look at the inside of E3, and now that's going to be changed forever. Yeah, for sure. This is a this is a big blow. Um, mm-hmm. Just as a fan of E3 and being a, a a fan of video games in general, like I know I'm not unique in this, but I used to take days off of work to stay at home and just watch E3 coverage all day long, and seeing that like the king of video games in my eyes, Jeff Keighley, um, mm-hmm. is not going because he doesn't like what's going on with it and the security risks behind it. It's it's a blow. I, I'm yeah. I'm a little bummed out because E3 was it it was special. It kind of still has a little bit of specialness there, but not much anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for what's next though. Do, are you though? Because like so many people are freaking out yeah. that this is that E3 is going, and I mean like there was even people freaking out at the rumors of Nintendo not being there. And now they they said no 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 we're there. Just the list isn't fully out yet. Mm. But we're we're still gonna be there, you know. Sony backing out as well. Uh, are are we really excited I'm, about the future of E three? Like, I'm excited to see what the evolution of this could be. Like learning mm-hmm. from all these mistakes to kind of make it more to uh, more to what we want. And what is it that you want? I just though? I want more. You- I want more coverage from from games. I want. I don't want to see developers hop on stage for like a couple minutes each hopping around between Mm -hmm. different things i want like a more deep dive thing of everyone gets some time uh you know i just want to learn more about these games and and see what the show floor is like like one of my favorite things to do every year is um watching easy allies walk through the the floor of e3 and seeing the booth set Mm -hmm. up and stuff like I know that's not like a huge uh, issue. No, but... yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. For for me, I just I feel like it just needs to be an industry event. Yeah. Like I always hear when people are like, oh, when Sony pulled out, it's disrespectful to the fans. I'm like, ninety nine point nine point nine percent of people are not going here. Yeah. No one's being offended. I'm not offended nope. that they're not going. Mm-hmm. To me, it it does totally make sense that yeah, companies are pulling out because. It is so much easier to have, to not move anywhere, to not have this huge event that costs tens of millions of dollars for, that then you're also competing for a space for another company that's poured tens of millions of dollars into this event as well. And I've seen people freak out of like, well, then the love that is games is gone, that the pageantry is gone. I'm like, good. I don't care about that. You know, I care about a company getting their message out effectively. And I'm talking both big and and small. I mean, I I praise Nintendo for the Nintendo Directs, and then we get, like, the indie world events, whatever they're calling them now, right, to showcase smaller titles. Do you think that that would have been a thing if E3 was still around? Mm-hmm. Like, let's get our head out of our asses here for a second and maybe say, hey, maybe if Sony could showcase and have their own indie event or indie, you know, state of play, that would be awesome, a VR state of play. That would be really awesome. Yeah. I mean, we see Xbox do it with XO. We're seeing it with Inside Xbox and the way they do it. I, this gives more indies and more developers the spotlight by getting out of E3. Yeah. It, to me, just makes sense. And, you know, Jeff saying this shows a very big divide of what people and what investors want from this event. And it shows just the chaos that's going inside the EA. Sorry, ESA. Mm-hmm. It just shows that. I mean, everybody got their goddamn, 
you know, credentials leaked out or, you know, your phone numbers, your addresses leaked out to people that may want to do you wrong and they still haven't apologized for that. That's ridiculous. I can't see why anybody in their right mind would want to be excited or want to go to E3 because of just the security hazards there. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Again, and if you're going and if you want to yeah. go, that's not a slight to oh, you. I, I, it's it just still to would, me, that's how I'm thinking I, of it. Yeah. I would still love to fulfill that dream of going to E3 because I think it would be awesome to be on that show floor with all these incredible games. Um, yeah, and for me, I feel none of that. I'm just like, yeah. like I used to have that same love, mm-hmm. but, I'm, but now I'm just like, whatever. Oh. i rather, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to me as a person that covers games – uh, and not well, <laughs> but like as a person that covers games, as a content creator, we know what the biggest days are, and that is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, when everybody has their reactions to yep. the these events. Because the other days, you're not going to get the same amount of traffic you would anyway. So, like as a creator, I just see the inconvenience of lines and everything, just as something I don't want to deal with. Yeah. The only thing I'm missing out on is the possible networking. And that's the sure. thing that really sucks. But I think that's what's going to carry over to things like PAX West, mm-hmm. things like PAX East, and all those other conventions that are popping up, is that that's what's happening yeah. there, those fan events. I think PAX and the Penny what, Arcade are getting yeah. it so What right. I think should happen next, and I'm totally hijacking this from you, uh, Trevor, at Sorry. Trevor J. Starkey on Twitter. Um, he yeah. put some really great thoughts on this today. He said that he hopes that like the big gaming news sites also kind of sit out. To kind of like put the nail in the coffin. And then he he replied to that saying it would be really awesome to kind of have those gaming sites do what other sporting stuff do for the Super Bowl and just refer to it as the big week in gaming and not saying E3 and just having them from an outside spot covering all the news and and doing that way so you don't have to go. Uh, We still get our our coverage, but like show them that, that what's going on can't happen anymore. Like we're, you I think need it's easy for us to call the shots. Yeah, it's easy for us to call the shots as people that like. I, I remember there was a talk, I think, on one of the IGN podcasts of like they were debating even going last year because of how expensive yeah. that the ESA jacks the prices of. You're talking millions of dollars to have just a stage there mm-hmm. if you're if you're someone like IGN. Mm-hmm. That the the prices were getting too inflated to the point where it just didn't make logical sense anymore. The, the badges too, I think, are, are a crazy amount of money yeah. as well. Oh yeah. Like they're yeah, it's just it's all of it's insane. And again, it needs to change. And I also see a company going like Sony pulling out and saying, hey, listen, if we want Ghost of Tsushima coverage, we'll just make a state of play. Mm-hmm. We'll fly, you know, you know, influencers over. They'll get to play the game. Then they fly on out and then they get to tell their communities. And it's a whole bunch of free publicity yeah. for us or, or, or just the the amount of money you have to pay is is so much less than having a you know tens of million dollar event like a 60 plus million dollar event for one day or one week then you can have that whole budget for the whole year or just a fraction of that budget for the whole year and have it spent out that way makes so much more sense or use that budget for that weird ass commercial that we saw today (laughs) and maybe they need to spend their money more wisely because if you guys you guys do not see go look at them jump it like it's like the pit from 
from the Dark Knight Rises. These military people jump in there. And it's like, nobody cared who I was until I put on the mask. They open a door and it's hearts. And then the hearts are powered or maybe they're fueling a bunch of PlayStation 4 Pros. It looked like the... Yeah. And everybody's scared out of their mind. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I was like, oh, is this the unveiling of the PS5? Like, this is super weird. And then, nope, it just... Please don't. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. It's not their best yeah. commercial, for sure. Nope. But it it's highly produced. That's where the money went. Like, that's, that's I don't know, not a good call, PlayStation. Not, not a good call. <laughs> uh, Michael McWhorter from Polygon writes, Bulletstorm Studios' new shooter, Outriders, coming to PS5, Xbox Series X. Square Enix is bringing Outriders, the next game from Bulletstorm and Gears of War Judgment developer People Can Fly, to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. The co-op shooter is also coming to previously announced platforms PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One by the end of 2020. In addition to confirming next-generation PlayStation and Xbox versions of the game, a new trailer for Outriders released Tuesday reveals more about the story of the game's sci-fi story. Escaping a dying Earth, humanity finds solace on a strange new planet called Enoch, the source of a powerful anomaly and hostile indigenous life. Enoch also grants its new human visitors fantastical and destructive superhuman powers, the ability to shoot flame, freeze enemies, and summon rocky Earth as protective armor. Did you see this trailer? (laughs) What did you think about it, Kyle? I saw your tweet on it as well. It made me laugh. Um take that song aside which i think is pretty dope but yeah i'm i'm intrigued i like the really? the ideal the idea of a first person shooter with elemental powers um mm. it kind of reminded me a, just a small little bit about a super underrated ps3 game called singularity it was a okay. first person shooter that also had powers um mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's cool i I'm, i'd be down to to try it and people can fly are solid shooter developers yeah. so I think they did say that this game would have some type of cover mechanic as well. Okay. So I want to know what this game looks like. Because if it is first person, I, I think we're going to see gameplay as when this podcast comes out. But uh, if if this is like a, a Rainbow uh, Six Vegas type of game, I'm totally on board. Where it's kind of like a hybrid of like when you're in cover third person, but when you get out of it, it's back into first person. I think that would be crazy cool. But to me, it was just a, another generic sure. shooter. It's another Destiny clone and or whatever we're going to call it. And to me, I, I just, other than the song that was kick ass. Um, I mean, I like, I have it on my Spotify just yeah. on repeat. It didn't do anything sure. for me. So I want to see more gameplay before I judge it, yeah, but yeah. that wasn't, it wasn't a good showing with that. Kyle, let's get into the next bit. Joseph Yaden from PlayStation lifestyle, right? E- I always say his name wrong. Eve's Guimont, uh, says next-gen systems will be running almost all the back catalog of the previous consoles. One of the biggest questions Sony still needs to answer about the PS5 is how backwards compatibility will work. While it's confirmed to be a feature, towards the end of 2019, Sony stated it was still ironing out the details on the much-requested feature. A recent statement from Ubisoft might have just given us some answers. During the financial call with the French publisher, C- CEO Yves Guimont explained that the next generation systems will feature backwards compatibility with almost all the previous consoles games games period whoa kyle slow down in reference (laughs) to a question about the next generation systems guimont said quote those consoles will be running almost all the back catalog of the previous consoles it will be something new in the industry it will help the old generations to continue to be big consoles on the market for years to come yeah so okay this is a lot here uh, Yves Guimont, 
saying like Guy's <laughs> saying that this this is how I get his name right. Okay, it's not offensive. Get over it. Um, saying that yeah, most of these consoles back catalog. Does that include the PlayStation Five? How far are we going back? What systems are being left behind, Kyle? What's uh, it's it's kind of an easy easy take here, but I think Same. everything but PS3. Yeah. Now, do you think that there's going to be built-in emulation to this, or do we think it's powered by the cloud? Mm. What are we thinking here? Uh, cloud, probably, right? Yeah. Because to me, I'm thinking that this is more of a feature to sell PS now yeah, than anything. Sure. I think there. I would love for them to have emulation built into the consoles itself, but to me, I think it might be easier for Sony to say, hey, it's all in the cloud, and if you want all this stuff, hey, listen... You can buy it on PS Now, and we will keep on putting out games from the PS2 era, from the PS1 era, you know, yeah. and maybe even one or two from the PS3 era, and cycling them, cycling them in there. But it would be really awesome to me if we also got Vita games, if we also got PSP games so, somehow emulated onto this machine. Like, yeah. having the true of true history of playstation we keep hearing from insiders saying that's what sony wants to talk about is the history of playstation in this box that maybe also means handheld for me and i would love to see psp games get that Mm -hmm. love that they deserve but that would take a whole lot of effort to make those images look great on a big ass and just from like a naming convention with ps now it just makes sense you want to play playstation play it now and that means all of playstation it just it's a no-brainer to us i think Yeah, and I think that would be a great way to market it. Yeah, definitely. Play all the history of PlayStation, or play the history of PlayStation now. Yep, absolutely. That would be dope. Sony? Uh, there you go, sign me up. You know, come talk. Yeah. We, we got ideas. Come talk. We got, we got ideas. ideas, man. We, we, we got a couple of gerbils spinning Don't listen to, to the snail mail portion. Don't worry about us no. stealing mail. Yeah, just <laughs> listen. Stop at the hour, Mark. You're going to be fine. Imagine like if they said, hey, Joe, let's listen to some of your stuff. Uh, and we'll get there. Like, and then you just cut no, off the last to. 15 minutes of every episode. <laughs> See, how about we don't and you, just, and you just say we did. Kyle, let's talk about the only reason why I'm bringing this up is people ask questions on it. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Uh, Chandler Wood from PS Lifestyle writes, Anthem abandoning seasons as Bioware confirms it's working on a substantial reinvention. Uh, Bioware's Casey Hudson has confirmed that an Anthem reboot is in the works at Bioware. This appears to confirm reports from last year about an Anthem 2.0 relaunch. To give the team the opportunity to really focus on the work that needs to be done, Anthem is abandoning its current seasonal model. Bioware still plans to run events, store refreshes, and revisit seasonal and cataclysm content, but don't expect any big new seasonal updates like Ice Tide while the studio hunkers down and focuses on a substantial reinvention. Uh, Casey Hudson's quote, Over the last year, the team has worked hard to improve stability, performance, and general quality of life while delivering three seasons of new content and features. We have also heard your feedback that Anthem needs a more satisfying loot experience, better long-term progression, and a more fulfilling endgame. So we recognize that there's still more fundamental work to be done to bring out the full potential of the experience, and it will require a more substantial reinvention than an update or expansion. Over the coming months, we will be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges and progression with meaningful rewards, while preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science fantasy setting. 
And to do that properly, we'll be doing something we would like to have done more of, of the first time around, giving a focus team the time to test and iterate, focusing on gameplay first. Mr. Moody asks, with Bioware confirming that Anthem will be getting a substantial overhaul slash reinvention, do you think it'll be E3 uh, be at E3 this year, or do you think they're going to hold off until maybe later on in the year for Game Awards or E3 2021? What when would you bring this game back, Kyle? Yeah. When would you bring this uh, game back? Game Awards. Um, this year. Yeah. If they have something to show, yes. Here's my thing. I'm going to be real honest. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be working on this game at all. Sure. I, I Anthem left such a bad taste in my mouth. I don't want to play this game. Mm-hmm. I don't have any yearning to. I think, yeah, like, look, the Storm class, I believe, felt great. But every other one just felt all right. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, it felt cool to fly around as Iron Man. But that allure left quickly after playing what was such a just all over the place experience when it comes through to the story, to the boss fights, to the level design. Mm-hmm. All of it just felt just like puzzle pieces that weren't fitting and that they were trying to you know push into place. Yeah. And so when I see this, I don't want it to come out. I don't want Anthem. I want something different that they're going to actually take their time on, not because E3 or EA has told them to do it. I want something that is totally different mm-hmm. from what they've done, not just like in the past. Like, I would love to see, and I know, I mean, they're working on a Dragon Age 4. We could probably assume they're working on a Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Give us something, though, if you're going to make another third branch, not be Anthem that's left such a shitty taste in our mouth. But I think if we are going to bring this out, this is a 2021-2022 game. Mm -hmm. When they say we're going to take a longer term to redesign, we're not seeing this anytime soon. We're definitely not. Famous Seamus also asks, do you think Bioware can actually recover Anthem and fix its horrible reputation due to the game itself and its disastrous development? No. Yeah, I, I find it really hard for them to to dig out of this hole. I yeah. mean, when before this news came out, I think it was uh, going around on Twitter that they saw the Christmas lights up. From the Christmas holiday yeah. seasonal thing, like they've forgotten about this game. Yeah. Like when you even like you hear them talk, oh, we had our three seasons out, and like when every time I've heard about these seasons, it's all just like little things mm-hmm. that don't really matter much. Mm-hmm. And so, like when it comes to the content, they're just saying they 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 gave you what you want for this year, and they are abandoning it. They're abandoning it for a later date, yeah. for an Anthem 2. This is not an expansion. This is something that EA expects you to shell out your money for, and I'm not going to do it. Sorry. Yeah. Again, they, they need to show me something absolutely drastic to make that game. I would love it. If, I would be on board if they're just like, last game didn't even matter. Sure. Didn't even count. They we're wiping the slate clean here. We're just doing something totally different. Are you on board with that? Cool. Yeah. Let's do it because I think the whole basis of Anthem as well is really stupid. I think even just, so just going straight into Anthem Two or whatever it is, and yeah. just ground up. Um, yeah, ground up, man. Mm-hmm. Please give us something different because the world, the universe looked cool, but then when you, you you dived in it, it was just like, what's going on, and why should I care, and why do I care about any of these characters? Yeah. Well, I don't care. 
And, and I know I'm sounding like a big negative Nancy tonight, and I apologize, but that's just how I feel about Anthem. I It, it had me so on board yeah. in the beginning, it took my $60, and it, man, don't pre-order your games digitally, kids. <laughs> With that, Kyle, let's get into the last story of the week. Matt Kim from IGN writes, Sony patents AI tool that could help PlayStation players if they get stuck in a game. In a patent filing for something called the, in, quote, in-game resource surfacing platform, end quote, Sony describes a scenario in which a player is stuck in a video game that they may need help to overcome. Quote, many video games have hundreds of thousands of individual items for users to earn, find, or purchase and use within the video game. End quote. It says in the patent description, the AI tool that Sony is hoping to patent would help search and identify in-game resources that assist a player based on contextual data and data from a community of similar players. The AI will find out how other players completed the obstacle and point the stuck players towards that solution. The AI tool may also point players towards an item in a store, in-game or online, that can help complete the objective or even advance the game to a point past the obstacle. A skip, maybe? So, in layman's terms, in English, what essentially this is, is what Google Stadia kind of rolled out. Mm -hmm. uh, Or not rolled out. It's not there yet. Yeah. (laughs) Stadia, what are you doing? But what they announced is when you ask Google something, if you're stuck on a puzzle on a game, it'll do a Google search. And essentially, that's what this is, too. So, um, the image on screen, I'll let you all know uh, uh, about it, is a kid sitting down and he says... PlayStation, how do I defeat the boss? And then the PlayStation will tell you right back, like in Alexa, 80% of players like you defeated boss using resource X. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people are afraid of and what's been alluded to here is, hey, it's beaten with resource X and you can buy it right now for 99 cents. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's what people are very concerned about is now – Sony and other companies coming in and making games purposely difficult for you to then shell out microtransactions, mm-hmm. shell out money for these things to get through to the game. Kyle, what do you think about this patent? Does it worry? I think it's a good idea on on the mm. surface. Um, yeah, but I can totally see the worry of that microtransaction issue. Uh, I don't sure. think that PlayStation would would go to that that level not saying that it wouldn't be smart for them because it would probably make them a ton of money um right but like just the thought that it could happen is scary i i I like the idea of i mean as a trophy hunter like hey i need to know how to figure out this trophy and it will show me how to do it or like some tips here and there it's much like if Mm -hmm. you're standing around in an uncharted game right and you're just standing there not knowing what to do it'll come up hints and it will kind of point the camera in the direction of where to go like and but sometimes like the thing that gets me excited here is sometimes the hints are just stupid. Sure. Like in Lost Legacy, there's like there's shadow puzzles. So it's like match the shadow with the image. It's like no shit, Sherlock. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, I don't think this is a big deal. And I don't think microtransactions are going no. to mm-hmm. and maybe they can weasel their way in here because because of Google. <laughs> Because of YouTube, like I platinum the Lost Legacy because I fire, uh, I follow, uh, you know, uh, Brian from PS4 yeah. Trophy. So I follow him. He got me a walkthrough, and I just did everything beat by beat, like the fine man said. 
and bam, I got my platinum. So when I'm thinking about this, I would love it to be on the edge of the screen with a YouTube video or whatever have you kind of going, hey, this is how people have beaten it. Mm -hmm. And it's also because it's AI, it's constantly learning. So it'll change its answer depending on how people are beating the boss. I think that's super interesting. It's kind of like well. speedrunners. Like there's always yeah. a new speedrunner that finds another thing to make their time faster. So yeah. then everyone like, will follow that same path. Yeah. Exactly. And it'd be like 0.7 people beat this game with a fucking Guitar Hero controller. Oh You're my like, God. what? <laughs> that's like a whole new level of trophy hunting. I want to be the yeah. 0.1% to play, you know, win the Super Bowl in Madden on a DDR pad. Like, <laughs> that would be nuts. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, at the end of the day, I know that they're working on this this technology. Is this patent going to end up be there, being there? Yes, in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I think when it's telling you about microtransactions, it's also saying, like, hey, um, as I say, I'm playing Fortnite. Uh, how do I complete this week's, you know, missions or whatever? And it'll be like, if the fastest way to get to these missions, and they'll give you like three videos to watch. And then they'll be like, or you could purchase them with this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're essentially doing. They're not trying to like lock me out of Uncharted. I think what they're really trying to do is like, hey, Apex Legends, you know, like, I don't know, where's the, the vault key on the map? Here's the vault key, or you could purchase the season pass, yeah, yeah, that yeah. type of shit. You know, so I think it's more like little advertisements, maybe like a banner at the end of the screen, kind of like how you see in YouTube videos. So that's what I kind of think. But listen, companies are going to make mistakes until they get them right. So who knows? But I'm cautiously optimistic for this piece of technology Mm -hmm. and actually excites me because this is kind of something different that I don't think I think people just rush to the to the assumption that this is going to be evil because they hear something like microtransactions where i think in actuality what i'm saying makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. when we're kind of talking our, ourselves through it and hey listen the day that it does have shitty microtransactions will be there saying how dare you how dare you but with that kyle i got a question for you and you have any last thoughts on this as well? uh no i, I like it, it's a okay. good idea i just hope it doesn't go to the evil route like getting yeah. kids out of their parents money it's it's kind of cool it's kind of cool how we're seeing at least the hints of where playstation's going like and at this point it's not surprising us like we just talked earlier about hey back catalog of playstation games are gonna be here and we're like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i think it 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 shouldn't be it something as a surprise when you see a company like xbox do it yeah right and we're starting to see you know nintendo kind of do it with the Online service. Oh boy, <laughs> man, you love to see it. You really, <laughs> anything do. that will help me uh, not have play a game on my TV. Pause the game. Look at my cell phone yeah. at the video. Unpause the game. Look back at my TV just to make it more mm-hmm. smoother. I mean, again, very small problem for a very small percentage of gamers yeah. out there. But for me, and probably you, and other trophy people out there, it is such a genius idea. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, I'm all on board. Let's see what happens. Let's see when we actually, and if we actually see this thing. But with that, Kyle, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Are you holding on to something? Yes. 
Prepare the drop. Each and every week, PlayStation drops the latest and greatest in all things games onto the PlayStation storefront. The only problem is that there are way too many awesome games to name. So hosts Kyle and Joseph each pick a game of their choosing and tell you why they're so hyped. Kyle, what's your game this week? The Unicorn Princess. No. Uh, that's actually a real game. F- Unicorn Princess is a real game, but that's... I don't believe you, and I'm looking it up Go right ahead. Um, that's not my pick. It, it's Dreams. Uh, if you can dream it, you can play it. Explore and play in an ever-expanding Dreamiverse, bursting with games, music, art, and everything in between and beyond. Learn how to, how to design your own games, animate, make music, and more with easy-to-follow tutorial videos, and then share your ideas in an online social network of creativity. It's basically video games, the game, and I am so down to check out everyone else's creation. I'm assuming, Joe, you saw the thumbnail of the Unicorn Uh Princess. Okay. (laughs) Gang, imagine you have a seven-year-old daughter. What do you think she would think of when you think Unicorn Princess? That's it. (laughs) It is a picture of a unicorn and a little seven-year-old girl with a tear petting its nose. What? Also, the generic... Synopsis mm-hmm. of this is insane. I'm gonna read it. Really. Oh, you want to do it? No, no, may, please, please, please do it. Explore the world <laughs> on horseback and help the inhabitants of your village. Befriend Unisa, Unica, the unicorn. Oh, sorry, Unica, like the prison, but it's actually a unicorn. While exploring the real world and the world of dreams, from your village, the dream world is. Just a step away. You're the only one who can help Unica save her world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna can I I'm gonna see how much this game is right now. Please it is please for the love it of is God. $29.99. No way. 15 different missions between two worlds. Many options to customize your character and horse. An open world to explore on the back of one of six horses available. Remote play requires PS Vita. Three gigabyte well, well, minimum Vita save lives. size. Th- I'm looking up the trailer. The, the oh whole game is 2.3 gigs. This is a... What? This isn't a unicorn. That's a fucking horse. With like a, a horn. Just strapped hey, Guys, gals, if you don't think I'm going to try to put this on the video version. I think we found our thumbnail. <laughs> I think we found it, y'all. What is going oh, on? From, the, from the developer, Big Ben Interactive. It currently has one rating of five oh. stars. <laughs> oh, my Jesus. This looks like straight up a PS1 game. And when you're riding the unicorn, the trees are pink. Yes. Uh, add to wish list. Click. There we go. No, no. My pick, Darksiders Genesis, t- tears its way through hell and back with guns blazing and swords swinging. Genesis gives the first look at the world of Darksiders before the events of the original game. Furthermore, it introduces the fourth and last horseman. Strife, as well as co-op play for the first time in the history of the franchise. Kyle, Joe, both these games are on the road to greatness. Mm-hmm. Very excited about both of these games. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, Unicorn <laughs> fucking princess. God, have just wait mercy until next week, and instead of me bringing up dreams as what I've been playing, it's going to be the Unicorn Princess. Andrew House is Road to Greatness. If you pledge right now on Patreon, 
and you 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 tweeted at us that you pledge we will make a special uh-huh. road to the greatness episode of the unicorn princess honest to god i what type of tier would that need to be i i, I think if i don't know what we're at currently uh like uh-huh. patreon backers number one million dollars no but like seriously how many patreon backers do we have um, you know what? If we get it to 30 backers, okay. let's there we go. It. Let's make it 30 a reality, backers. Okay? If we see that, uh, we'll do a road to greatness unicorn princess. We'll do it. It doesn't even matter the amount. It could be a dollar. Yep. You throw a mm-hmm. dollar our way, but then it, like it has to stick though. It has to stick. So we wait the month mm-hmm. and then we'll, so April we'll do, or, or March we'll do doom eternal roads, greatness and the unicorn princess. <laughs> unicorn princess. <laughs> Okay, okay. Maybe I'll have my yeah, niece that's... on that episode, and we could she could yeah. talk about it. Oh, that would be so cute. That, it would just be me and her playing. How <laughs> about that? I shouldn't be around small children. I'll sit in I the background the whole time, idea. like Joe. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> she like do the voice, do the voice. I'm like, oh. <laughs> You're like, no, no, <laughs> knock it off. You knock it off. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. And and we're ten dollars away from. Uh, our second tier, which is a once a month live show. So who knows? Sky's the limit. Maybe we'll I just heard that, uh, uh, live stream Unicorn, Unicorn Princess. Platinum run through. <sighs> yeah. So sometimes I steal Andrew House's mail. Each and every week, we introduce Andrew House's snail mail. Now you can write into the trophy room via the Casa de Bad Bit Discord. You can at us at PS Trophy Room with your questions revolving the world of PlayStation, or you could pen them over to Andrew House. I jump on a magical unicorn. I go into another dimension. I steal his mail. Simple as that. And this week, our first question comes from Jason Hale, which is a dope-ass last name, and I hope that's not a fake name. Because Jason Hale sounds like one of two things, action star or porn star. I was going to say professional Maybe wrestler, too. third option. Yeah, Jason Hale. Four options there. And they're all pretty cool if you ask me. (laughs) What is your thoughts about Dreams? Have you got to play it? And if so, what are some of your favorite Dreams? What are my thoughts about it, Jason? Hale? Jason Hale. Um, I'm I'm on board. This is the day one purchase Mm -hmm. for me. Seeing all like the, the art pieces so far in this game has me in. Seeing like there's like a wipeout level. Yeah, someone has made outstanding. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to explore it, and I would love to make an episode of the Trophy Room in Dreams. I, That's my goal. Yes, an episode of Trophy Room in Dreams for sure. I'm also super hyped about it. Um, just seeing everyone else's creativity is, is what is making me more hype. Um, I yeah. also, and I texted this to Joe the other day. It was a joke, but I seriously want to make a stealth game of Mister Badbit trying to steal from Andrew House. With different yeah, costumes, man. I think that would be super fun. It, We'd have Spider Bit. Yep. We'd Red have Dead Redemption Bit. R- Red Dead Bit. Creepy We'd Bit. We'd have Creepy Bit. All his playable characters mm-hmm. were all trying to infiltrate Andrew House's house. Yeah. But only one could be the victor, because now all of a sudden it's a battle royale. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> There's more than one. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I really, I really only have problems with one. Now there's several? My God. Antonio asks, 
Dreams should give a new wave of creators the tools to put their own spin on classic games that aren't possible due to copyrights, uh, studios disbanding, etc. What are what are you hoping gets made? What is your dream game remake? P.S. Feel the burn. <laughs> God damn it, Antonio. <laughs> Look, he's on the Bernie Bang bus. That's awesome. Uh, Kyle, mm-hmm. I got I got a, I got a question for you. Go. What what games do you want to see made? Like remakes of previous games? Uh, I think I touched on it last week. Um, touch on it again. What was it? Give it a little touch. Give it a little touch up? Just give it a little touch. Yeah, just give it a little, a little touch. touch. Uh, more just old touch. school platformers. Like Gex and, yeah. and Croc yeah. and and Klonoa. Um, uh, like old PlayStation mm-hmm. 1 era platformers I think would be super cool. And I think it's like the perfect place to remake them as well. Yeah, and they already have the tools yeah. to make them as well. Uh, we're I, I saw a Mario game on mm-hmm. there, so sky's the limit here, folks. I really want to see how they monetize dreams, or if they even. I want to see how that works because Sony says they want this game to be a ten-year-long, like s- similar to that of a Destiny yeah. of cycle. So I want to see what this game's gonna really run in 10 years Mm -hmm. and just to see the creativity in less than nine months from people within the community and thinking about what that game is going to look like a year from now is going to blow my mind so yeah i i do think that this game is going to be a hit i don't think it's going to be the biggest thing in Mm -hmm. the world but i think it's something that playstation could go off and put this into a college hall or put it into you know a school system and say hey kids here's a way to create games and and actually fuel that creativity i say it all the time but i think this is more of an education based game than ever than any anything mm-hmm. so yeah that and and that's also i i saw first impressions of the game and that's what they're really pitching this game as is we're going to art museums and, and showing this game mm-hmm. off we're going to different places showing this game off so to me dreams is unlike a game that we've seen in a while in terms of how they're going to market it. And I think that's the thing that intrigues me the most. Kyle, would you like to read the last or second to last uh, question on the list here? Absolutely. The most famous Seamus around writes, now I thought of this special Valentine's day question in November slash December and held it for this special occasion. So get ready folks. It's story time in a world similar to who framed Roger rabbit slash wreck it. Ralph video game characters are actually actors within the game. In celebration of Valentine's Day, Sony slash PlayStation decided to have a little blind date event in New York where they sent the characters from their games with other characters. In order to help them, they hired the greatest matchmakers in Europe, uh, Klee, the Y is silent, and Josve. Uh, however, it just so <laughs> happens that the two matchmakers look just like Kyle and Joe, who are also in New York. The intern who was supposed to pick up the matchmakers mistake you two for the matchmakers and is now panicking about losing their internship. You two decide to pretend to be the matchmakers to help the intern and also to meet your favorite PlayStation characters. So now you must come up with one or two matches and explain why you think these couples would work. They must both be mm. PlayStation characters or th- at the very least their games must be available on PlayStation. You also can't set yourselves up with any of the characters so no date with Chloe for you, Joe. Have fun, gentlemen. I should also add that characters who are married mm. in the games aren't married in the real world as well. Okay, this is a this great is question. Fantastic. This is a very, oh. very 
hard question as Play well. Matchmaker, huh? I'm playing matchmaker, and uh, first and foremost, so okay, so the rules is it's who framed Roger Rabbit, right? Again, some of the characters who are married or would be married aren't. Okay, that makes sense. So we could kind of go, we could kind of play fast and loose. Sure. This, right? Mm-hmm. Who are we setting up? And I'm also thinking this as the matchmaker game. Like, you know, the, the, you know, the guy or girl sitting down and like, match number one. What do you think is a nice date? Where's and the strangest like spot like, you made, Whoopi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made it with two women on a, on horseback after the siege of the, <laughs> the great Athens. And you're like... Okay, cool. Uh, uh, so I instantly have one. Yeah. Okay, go for it. It is uh, Ratchet with okay. uh, Coco Bandicoot, Crash's sister. Whoa! Do you think that's gonna cause some internal beef? No, I don't think so. I, I think I, I think they're both grown uh, a- okay. adults at this point, and I think Coco Bandicoot would would go good with the, like like Jack. Ooh, you know what? Oh, look at that! That's 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 totally like a rom com moment there. I bring, I bring Ratchet. You bring Jack to the table, and then like Sly Cooper is like, <laughs> she's the woman of my dreams. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, let's get some equality in here. Let's get Aloy. Let's get Aloy with Chloe, because they're two feisty females. Sure. They're both badasses. Uh-huh. They're both independent, but yet at the same time, they do need other people. Yeah. I think they would work. I like that one. I like that one. I think that's beautiful. Um, oh, this brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> uh, let's see. Spider-Man, because technically he's an IP. He's, uh, he is what he is. Uh, and he, in, in the comics, bangs literally anyone. So, so he's and... doing... Actually, you know what? Would he be with Aloy? Because he's got a thing for redheads. Yeah, probably. That'd be such a unique relationship because Aloy, being from the future, like speaks a little bit weirder. Like it's. What if you know what? What if she's actually Mary Jane? Because they kind of look similar between the games. So she's like playing both both characters. I like that. Uh, Okay, Uh, again, going for equality here. Um. Geralt of Rivia? Or, or, yep. And Joel. <laughs> Two hardened old men <laughs> who just want to get their jobs done. <laughs> I, I could just imagine them just sitting down just drinking beer the entire matchmaking yeah. session. I'm laughing because they're like they're both gruff looking yep. dudes, right? Like the like he's just like oh, I had a long day and like Joel's like, I too had a long day. <laughs> I was slaying monsters. I also was slaying a monster. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, okay. Sam Porter, right? S- okay, Sam Porter, he, who he? can we match him up to? He has connection issues, man. He's sure. Also, does. single dad. Single dad. He's got that BB in the jar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we're matching him with... You know what? Go for it. Here's the thing. They're hetero life mates. It's him and Kratos. They both got sons. Mm-hmm. Or, right, wait, is it BB? I don't even know. They both got kids. Yeah, they both got kids, yeah. <laughs> you know, they both don't like the outside world. Nope. 
They they're all they're both recluses. Yep. I could see Kratos, you know, like finishing his axe and like I don't know, Sam Porter's knitting, <laughs> and they're just having a good just time, a good and time. that's enough for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, they've both dealt with extreme loss. I think that makes sense. Uh, I actually think out of all of them, I think that makes the most sense of what we've been uh, saying. Going here. back to last one, going last back one. to this Spider-Man. Uh, uh-huh. Just do the ultimate crossover, and since he does like redheads, it, or it doesn't even have to be. I was gonna say Poison Ivy from Arkham, uh, okay. but just do Spider Man and Catwoman. Had a... Oof. Oof. I'd watch it. <laughs> you know what? There probably is one out there. I could after this. Who knows? <laughs> Shout out to Mark. Shout out to Mark. He'll take away all the bad <laughs> stuff. Nathan writes in with the last question of the night. <clears throat> I'm dying with this one. In the veins of Valentine's God. Day and people having some sweet, sweet, nasty love. Oh, yeah. Name the STIs of gaming <laughs> of gaming with uh, proper scientific names. <laughs> Listen, everybody's on the Bernie Bang bus after... You know, the, the Yang Gang Bang went awry. So, what are we doing here? Um, Reach up. Listen, Kratos, I'll make this answer easy. He has them all. <laughs> He's probably invented some. You know? Mm-hmm. What a, what, He's gone through what a, a lot of mates. What I'm thinking Nathan is going at, though, is like gaming terms that we could turn oh. into. So, immediately I'm going into Rage Quit. What could we turn Rage Quit into like an SEI scientific name? Like... Ra- Listen, we're, we're getting we're getting Rageacus Quiticus, I guess. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was thinking like Nathan Drake has to have HPV. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> With that, that's been our Valentine's Day episode of the Trophy Room. Everybody, before we go, Kyle, is there anything you want to pimp out? As today? always, I like to pimp out myself, Ninja 73 on Twitter and on PSN. Uh, my show, all about the best friends of the kind of funny community, Best Friends Talk Funny, is at BFS Talk Funny on Twitter and wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, if you're in the New York area, uh, currently this week, um, February 15th, we're going to go see Sonic together, go play some PlayStation games at Sony. <laughs> Don't laugh. Uh, so, Sony. Um... No, why didn't we think of Sonic? Because he's like, gotta go fast. <laughs> I think that's why. I think everyone would be mad at us. Oh, I'm gonna make goo. Oh, no, no goo. No goo here. Um, Come here, Ratchet. <laughs> oh, God, no. Uh, you, you can go to kindnyc.com. <laughs> Look at that tight little rump. <laughs> for all future New York community meetups, as well as finding... Um, you know, links to all the our podcast stuff, like Platform Agnostic is my other gaming thing I do, yeah. Dollar Slices, yeah. our community show. Um, so go check all that out. You are an awful, awful person right now. I thought of three other ones. <laughs> what What made you think of them? Goo? Uh, goo. <laughs> Whoa! All right. <laughs> Guys, you can find the show on podcast services around the globe whether that be itunes whether that be google play spotify wherever you find an rss feed you can find the show there or youtube.com slash bad big games you find the video version of this show it's fantastic and again please 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 rate us five stars i know after that whole rant please rate us five stars it definitely means the world to us uh what we're going to start doing 
and I'm stealing this from What's Good Games, is before we go, we're going to start reading every new review we get. Sweet. So I know there's some we need to get caught mm-hmm. up on. So we're going to get to that segment at the end of each and every show. So please start right now. Rate us a five-star review. It only takes five yeah. minutes. Even if you don't have an iTunes account, it's so easy to do. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. Unicorn Princess, here we come. Well, unicorns. <laughs> you know where that horn's going. <laughs> <laughs>